Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. So I'm going to take you on a journey with me this morning. Can I take you on the journey with me? I'm going to teach you and give you a movie script at the Bible. Now, I like movies, and I like action and adventure movies. If you want to ask me what's my cup of tea, action, adventure, maybe a bit of war, maybe some sci-fi in there, then you've got my attention. And the Lord took me to a story in the book of Judges, which contains all of that. Are you interested? You know, the Bible is amazing. And I want you to read the Bible for yourself because the Bible is going to capture every part of who you are. So if you will turn in your Bibles or take notes, please, guys, you've got to check the Bible for yourself. Don't believe everything we say. Just because we're up, that, up here doesn't mean we're preaching what's right. Look at the Bible for yourself. Take notes. Go check up the different versions so you can get the full picture of what God wants. So Judges chapter 6, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And if this is a movie script, this is scene one. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. So yeah, you've got the nation of Israel. And they've been taken hostage by the surrounding nations. And the Midianites were extremely cruel. They were extremely evil. From young... They trained their sons, this is the Midianites, they trained their sons to murder, to rape, to have sex with animals, to sacrifice. This is how evil a nation they were. And yes, the Israelites, when, when the Midianites, they were surrounding, and the Israelites got so fearful, they hid in caves. They were just trying to survive. It was tough. Can you see it? Can you see the people running to hiding caves where they were trying to find shelter up in the mountains just to get away from the Midianites and what they would do? Then the Bible carries on. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, more raiders from the Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack, camping in the land and destroying the crops as far away as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on groves of cam camels, too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. A while ago, we drove through the Karoo, and there was these swarms of locusts that were flying everywhere, a real problem. And if the swarm of locusts landed, and when they took off, 
it was, it stripped bare. Nothing remains. And I'm reminded as well of what's happening in the Ukraine. Everything is destroyed. Everything is destroyed. And so it was with the Israelites. To the place that they had nothing left. The Israelites, in verse 6 says, So Israel was reduced to starving by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to God for help. So can you see, seeing one of the movies set, here's these awful people, and I can imagine they, they looked vicious and painted their faces and had swords and were really a bad crowd. And there's the Israelites, men and women, children, having to survive. And they are starving. Everybody say the word starving. starving. Have you ever felt that in your life the swarms of locusts have come and brought destruction in your family, in your relationships, in your hopes, in your dreams? That's what the locust represents, the destruction of everything we hold here. Resources, family, loved ones, dreams, our dignity, our humanity. Verse 7 says, When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He says, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. Then he carries on. I told you, I am the Lord your God. Sounds familiar to the prophetic word that we just got. I told you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. So God is saying to them in scene one, all this drama has happened because I said to you, I want to be number one in your life. But you have compromised. You have begun worshipping the gods of the Midianites and all the other types that were living there. So now, scene two, now the supernatural begins to happen. This is now when it gets really exciting. Scene two starts in verse 11 of Judges 6. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath a great tree at Oprah, which belonged to Joash and the clan of Abizah. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. Now, normally when you would thresh wheat, it will be out in the open and the cattle will be milling it and it will be a big thing. But yes, Gideon, he's hiding. Okay. And yeah, a supernatural thing occurs. An angel of the Lord comes to sit under the tree and is watching Gideon hiding there and he's watching him beginning to do this okay this is get the scene is getting interesting 
if I had to make the movie on this, man, I would have a lot of fun. Hey? Connor, you can do some pretty good scenes with this. Eh? The angel sitting there. And he was disguised like an ordinary man for the moment. So the Israelites were being bullied and exploited by the Midianites. And Gideon was hiding. And he was trying to save the last bit of his resources. So the Midianites wouldn't see him threshing and come and take away everything and they would starve completely to death. He was weak. He was scared. He was hiding the only resources that prevented him from going into starvation. Yeah, yes, Gideon. He's in the middle of a life-threatening, very stressful situation. And God decides to join him under an oak tree. Okay? <laughs> I can just imagine. Yeah, I'm, I'm working. And God wants to, he wants to chat now. What do we do when God wants our attention? God, I'm too busy surviving. Let me just finish this. God, I don't have time. I'm just trying to make ends meet. God, you don't understand my family's in a crisis. I don't have time to talk to you. The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And here's Gideon hiding. And the Lord says to him, Mighty hero. And I picture this. Gideon looks, huh? Lord, who are you talking to? I'm not the mighty hero. I'm hiding. You must make a, be making a mistake, God. I'm not mighty. I'm not a made of hero stuff. And then verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Sounds familiar? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Yeah, Gideon, whom God had called a mighty hero, is having a major speed wobble. Have you seen people have speed wobbles? Hey, blah, 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 moan, moan, moan. Come on, guys, it's not just me. We throw our toys. Well, Gideon threw out his toys. He was just going to have his say, whether it was God or an angel or not, he was going to have his say. God, I've done everything. Where were you? Why is this not working? Then, now listen to this. It goes from saying the angel of the Lord. Then it says in verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending 
you. I want to read that to you again. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you. So can you picture this? He has this wimp of a guy hiding in a wine press so that his food won't be stolen. And God calls him mighty. Then God says, okay, go. I want you to go and take on that army that is like swarms of locusts. Let's see what, what, what he says. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Right now, this very second, God is calling some of you. God is saying to some of you, I want to send you. And if you look at yourself, you are completely disqualified. God, but you don't know what I've done. You don't know the sin I'm still doing. God, but you don't know the addictions I have. God, you don't know I am a nothing. I'm the least of the least of the least. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Picture this. Yes, this dude. And the Lord himself comes down and he begins to reveal himself in glory. And as he reveals himself, Gideon is saying, but I can't do this, God. You're sending me to do this job, but I can't. I, I don't have enough education. I'm inadequate. I, it's not in my personality. I can't do this. And God says, I'm sending you and you will defeat them, the entire army, as if they were one man. Come on, that makes marvel look second rate. Okay. I'm a Marvel fan. Sorry. Any Marvel fans? Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible is full of really cool things. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will, re you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you really are going to help me, show me a sign to prove this is really the Lord speaking to me. Then Gideon says, don't go away until I come back and bring my offering. Come on, there's a principle happening here. He says to the Lord, okay, I'm going to bring you an offering. Just wait. Don't go. Don't go. And the scene changes. We're in scene three of the movie. God says, okay, I'll take you up on that. I'll wait here until you return. And Gideon hurried home. He cooked a young goat. Remember, these are starving people. 
And with a basket of flour, he baked him some bread with, bread with yeast, without yeast. Then he carried the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. And he brought them out and presented them to the angel which was under the great tree. Scholars say that angel was actually a representation of Jesus Christ himself. That's why I called him Lord. The angel of the Lord said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on the rock and pour the broth over it. And Gideon did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of the staff in his hand. And fire flamed from the rock and consumed all he bought. It brought, and the angel of the Lord disappeared. Come on, this is cool sci fi. Okay? Yes, the rock. And he puts all this stuff on the rock. And the angel of the Lord, Jesus, touches the rock. It's gone. It's gone. That's supernatural enough for you? Come on, if we had to see that, we would say, where's the trick? Where's the cameras? Where's, what, what's, what's going on here? It's time. We dare to believe God. We need to activate sometimes the word of God to us. Be strong and be courageous by bringing an offering like Gideon did. Remember, Gideon was starving. He brought an offering in faith. He sowed into the word that God said to him, mighty man of valor. He brought his wheat that he'd been threshing and a goat representing what he had. Sometimes God calls for an offering of obedience so that he can ring about the victory in your life. Faith requires action. Faith brings supernatural release. When we act on it, tell somebody next to you, faith is an action. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh, sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Nobody lived if they'd seen the Lord face to face. Yes, Gideon, a coward, having a supernatural encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And he realizes it. He realizes he's having this supernatural encounter. He didn't deserve it. He was the least of the least of the least. But God was busy doing something sovereign. It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. When you've had an encounter with God, regardless how big the task is that God is sending you to do, you will have a supernatural peace. And you'll be able to face whatever God tells you to face, regardless of the odds. Are you with me still? 
care. Now we change to scene four of the movie. That night, the Lord said to Gideon, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hilltop sanctuary, laying the stones carefully. Sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar and use as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down. Now you must understand, the Asherah pole was dedicated to the demon god, the mother of Baal, and a place where sacrifices occurred. Okay? So Gideon did this. He took ten of his servants and did as the Lord commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of what the other members of his father's household and the people of the town would say. Early the next morning. Can you picture it? When the townspeople start arising and suddenly they see all the idol worship stuff. The center of their activities is destroyed. And in its place, there's an altar built to the Most High God with the remains of the sacrifice of a bull on it. Okay? I think there were some pretty mad people there. Early the next morning, as the people of the town began to stir, someone discovered that the altar of Baal had been broken down and the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down. And in their place, a new altar had been built. And on it were the remains of the bull which had been sacrificed. The people said to one another, Who did this? And after asking around and making a careful search, they learned that it was Gideon, the son of Joash. Okay. So the, can you picture this mob? They want business now. They want Gideon. He's probably going to be their next sacrifice. Come on. Okay, can you picture this mob? Bring out your son, the men of the town demanded of Joash. He must die for destroying the altar of Baal and for cutting down the Asherah pole. But Joash, this is Gideon's father, shouted to the mob that confronted him, Why are you defending Baal? Will you argue his case? Whoever pleads his case will be put to death by morning. If Baal truly is God, let him defend himself. If your demon God that you worship is real, let him defend himself and destroy the one who broke down his altar. And of course, we know that never happened. And from then on, Gideon was called Jerubal, which means let Baal defend himself because he broke down Baal's altar. <laughs> when you have met with God under the tree and given a sacrificial offering, you then need to act in obedience and show some radical action to encounter supernatural power. Come on. Come on. A lot of you are sitting here and God wants to empower you and send you and give you supernatural power to do incredible things. But you look at yourself and you disqualify yourself and you think you're no good. I'm here to tell you, 
God wants you. And God wants to send you to accomplish great things. The God of the supernatural. Do not be afraid. Second last scene, scene five. Judges chapter seven. Who thought good stuff like this comes out of the book of Judges, eh? So Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and his army got up. I skipped a bit. We're reading from verse one there. And his army got up early and went as far as the spring of Herod. Herod. The armies of Midian were camped north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. And the Lord said to Gideon, you've got too many warriors, okay? If I let all of you fight the Midianites, the Israelites will boast that they themselves saved themselves by their own strength. Therefore tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid may leave this mountain. So all you scary cats, all you people that are scared and are not ready for this battle, bye. Go home. Okay. So 22,000 left because they were timid. They were scared. Leaving only 10,000 who are willing to fight. I want to ask you, who's willing here? Who's willing? If you're fearful and timid, it stops your miracle from happening in your life. If you're fearful and timid, it stops the miracle from happening in somebody else's life. Because God wants to encounter you. Dare to know that the Lord himself will be with you. Go do and be obedient. That's it. The Lord said to Gideon in verse 4, You're still too many. Bring them down to the spring and I will test them to determine who will go with you and who will not. Lord, I'm too many against that army of Midianites. Like, God, I don't know if you realized, they're like a locust swarm. Their camels are so much, it's like a sand. So many camels. Can you see that huge army? And now God is cutting down Gideon's army. Okay. When Gideon took his warriors to the water, the Lord said to him, Divide the men into two groups. In one group, put all those who cup the water with their hands and lap it up that way. Okay? And with their, with their tongues like dogs. In the other group, put all those who kneel down and drink with their mouths in the stream. Who just go right down. Only 300 of the men drank from their hands. Checking. Seeing. Watching. All the others went face down on their knees and drank with their mouth in the streams. Then the Lord told Gideon, With these 300, I will rescue you and give you victory over the Midianites. Send all the others home. So Gideon collected the provisions and ram's horns from the other warriors and he sent them home. Kept 300 with him to fight against a multitude. The Matthew Henry commentary on Judges chapter 7, this part, I looked up because I thought it was quite interesting. These 300, they were hardy. They would endure long fatigue without complaining. 
shall I say, without complaining, shall I say that again? And again, without complaining, okay? They had not in them any dregs, either of sloth or luxury. They were prepared to do the job irrespective of their comfort zone. These men were hasty. In other words, let's get the job done. They thought it too long until they could get into the fight. I, I, I watch movies sometimes, and these action movies. And when you see them in the plane, and they want to, they're waiting now for the word to say, go, go, you can go engage the enemy. Some of these guys get really impatient. Come on now, man. Come on, hurry up. I want to go fight. I want to go take down the enemy. And they wait for the command. And then if you see in the planes, and then the light goes. And they run and they just hoi themselves out that plane. And to go down and engage the enemy. It's time. Christians get some backbone. And dare to fling themselves out of some uh, comfort planes. And get on with the job that God's got for us. Amen. The Midian, now, now we go to scene six, the last scene. The Midian night camp was in the valley just below Gideon. That night the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down into the Midian camp, for I've given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your one man, your servant Pura. Listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy camp. So can you imagine? I can see them going down quietly. And the Israelites are watching them. And then they disappear in the dark. And as they get closer to the Midianite camp, they start doing the leopard crawl. And every sound, they stop. And they breathe. Because they don't want to be discovered. Because the Midianites are cruel. Okay? And they crawl, crawl, leopard closer to the camp and they, they wait and they go to a tent and they're listening okay the armies of Midian, Amalek and the people of the east had settled in the valley like a swarm of locusts their camels were like grains of sand on the seashore too many to count and Gideon crept up just as a man of Midian was telling his companion about a dream the man said, I had this dream, and in my dream, a loaf of barley bread came tumbling down into the Midian camp. It hit a tent, turned it over, and knocked it flat. His companion, companion answered, Your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. When you put God first and walk in absolute obedience to his instructions, God will expose not only the enemy's plan, but God will share with you his plan to give you the victory. Amen. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the dream and the interpretation, he bowed and he worshipped God because he realized this was a supernatural thing. Tell somebody next to you, we serve a supernatural God. 
Then he returned to the Israelite camp and he shouted, Get up! Get up! The Lord has given you victory over the Midian hordes. And he divided the 300 men into three groups. He gave each man a ram's horn and a clay jar with a torch in. Then he said to them, Keep your eyes on me. When I come to the edge of your camp, do just as I do. Come on. As soon as I and those who with me blow the ram's horns, blow your horns too, all around the entire camp and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. And it was just after midnight, after the changing of the God, when Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the Midian camp. Suddenly they blew the ram's horns and broke their clay jars. Then all three groups blew their horns and broke their jars. Can you see it? Can you see? The, they held the blazing torches in their left hands and the horns in their right, they were blowing them. And they all shouted, A sword of the Lord! And for Gideon. Maybe it's time in your situation that you get off your butt and you do a bit of shouting and clapping for the Lord. Amen? I said, it's about time you get off your butt. Come on. We need to do shouting and, and clapping. It confuses Satan and it defeats the enemy. When we shout in the Lord, supernatural power is released. Come on. It makes Marvel look silly. Because when we shout in the Lord, the power of that shout in God travels across the airwaves and things happen. Each man stood at his position around the camp and watched as all the Midianites ran around in panic, shouting as they ran to escape. When the three Isra 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, the Lord caused the warriors in the camp to fight against each other with their sword. Those who were not killed fled, and so on, and the story goes on. A supernatural thing took place. Okay, when a man who was the least of the least of the least decided to listen when God called him, who decided to obey and he gave a sacrifice of all that he had and he dared to believe God and he stood up and he became known as Gideon the mighty. God's wanting some of you to stand up and realize that he's calling you. Find God in your pressing time, in the time when things are not making sense, when you're in the threshing and it feels like the enemy's got you. Find God. Take time for him when there's chaos in your family. When your children don't serve the Lord. When your mother and father don't serve the Lord. When your friends don't serve the Lord. Find God. Offer a sacrifice to Him. To honor Him. Obey His instruction. Faith requires offering 
and action. We can't just sit comfortably on our butts, our blessed assurance, and wait for somebody to come and do something for us. God has given us all the power that we need to bring about a supernatural victory. Do you dare to believe? Are you going to be counted with a 300 who say, yes, count me in. This is a flipping crazy plan. We're only 300 and we've got to blow trumpets and flash torches and shout. How's this going to work? But it doesn't matter. We're going to do this for God. I can imagine some of the tough ones there thinking, well, if we do this, we're going to go out in a blaze of glory. We're going to do it or die. Believers, Christians, it's time to do or die. We have to shout the victory and we reap the victory and make sure that God alone gets the glory. Stand to your feet. So if that was an epic movie, would you go watch it? Okay, go read the Bible. The Bible is full of epic movies. Okay? God is calling you. We sing the song, Send Me. We sing the song, Send Me. But we wait for God to send everybody else. God wants you. God wants you because you are important to Him. Thank you. Thank you. I would just like every eye closed and head bowed. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.